you for tuning in to the felon experience hosted by me tyler howell and i would say that i was the one and only but i grew up in the same neighborhood as another tyler howell so i that that just wouldn't work for me this podcast is part of my healing experience i believe from what i have seen through others that sharing our insight and our experiences with the intent of helping other people overcome the same demons, the same hurdles that we had to overcome. It empowers one's soul and it it helps give purpose. And through that purpose, our various passions will find the fuel that they need to turn into action. And that, that's how it's been for me. And so this podcast is important for my healing process as well. I encourage anybody who has thought of podcasting to really do some research give it a try you can do it if i can do it we can do it and i'm here to help whether that's through suggestion inspiration or just providing the sources for you to take those next steps on felonexperience.net this episode is basically to highlight the importance of taking our recoveries into our own hands I found that throughout my recovery, there's a lot of really narrow-minded members of recovery that feel like there's only one way to get to the end line. And for so many years, that's the narrative that I allowed myself to filter through my mind. That is the narrative that really cut off opportunity and options separate from what other people were doing. And once I finally pulled away from what everybody else was doing, that's when I really found my recovery. I like to say that we all have our own equation to recovery, and it's up to each and every one of us to figure out what those components are, because some things work for one that doesn't work for another. Rehab individually did not get me sober. I did not find recovery. But bits and pieces of my recovery equation stem from some of the things that I learned in rehab, intensive outpatients, from other people in recovery, et cetera, et cetera. And so I really want to shine light on finding your own equation for recovery, especially if you're a felon like me. We have experienced things that most people don't experience. We've experienced solitary confinement. We have experienced what it feels like to be dehumanized, not just by people, but by our country. And obviously, no matter who you look at, the accumulation of our life experiences that brought us to recovery are different to begin with. Some people have broken marriages in in the wake of the destruction of their addiction, and some people don't. No matter what those specifics are, The accumulation of our life experiences is going to be different. doesn't matter who you are. Our life experiences are all different. Accumulatively, nothing is the same. So why would our modes and means and methods of changing our lives, of finding recovery, of pursuing our dreams and ambitions, why would that be any different? So for me, the first component of my recovery equation was spirituality. I needed to find purpose and passion and a channel and a connection outside of myself. That's kind of the premise of a lot of my life is 
learning to live outside of myself, not making every moment about myself, and really finding purpose that fuels my passion for helping other people. For me, that has changed my life. I I can't fathom having a career or an occupation that only helps me or my family based on the experiences that I have experienced from DCFS being taken away from my birth mom to going to the foster system to being adopted to going to the justice system. All of those experiences that have created who I am today. And my recovery started once I connected with transcendency outside of myself. I don't care for me what that looks like for anybody else. Buddha, Allah, God, whatever it is that helps connect you outside of yourself. That is life changing. And that is the first component that helped me figure out what the rest of my components were because that connection, that spirituality, the selflessness that you learn through your spiritual awakening and your spiritual experiences, that's what has guided me to where I'm at today, which literally reflects itself in everything that I do. Nothing that I'm doing today was I doing before I found spirituality, which in turn led me to finding myself. For my recovery, I had to use a form of harm reduction, and I still use it to this day. And over the years, I've dramatically grown within my harm reduction. I have my medical marijuana card, and I am a huge supporter, especially for felons who have been institutionalized, who have been dehumanized, and have been led down all sorts of psychological rabbit holes that feed into the dehumanization agenda within our prison system. Earlier in my recovery, or when I was trying to find my recovery, I was led to believe that if you don't do things this way, so if you don't do things quote unquote my way, then you can't find recovery. Therefore, you are not worthy of recovery. And that narrative really, really led me down some very dark holes because the people that I was following, they didn't live the life that I lived. They haven't experienced the things I have experienced, just like I haven't experienced what they experienced. The great thing about the human experience is we are all so very much different. Not one of us is the same. Even if we look the same and talk the same, guess what? We are an accumulation of different life experiences. And we can never change that, and nobody can change that. That's what makes us unique. I grew up taking Ritalin and Adderall for ADHD, and my next component of my recovery is college. College has come from the spiritual growth that I have experienced. And this direction has allowed me to create a tangible plan of action using various methods of focusing on networking to focusing on the life skills that I didn't get to learn due to my life experiences. So once again, we all have lived different lives. I didn't go to high school. I was in a group home. My 20s, guess what? I was in federal prison, I was in state prison, I've been in over a handful of different jails, or I was doing drugs on the streets. 
I was only on the streets for under a year, accumulatively, from 2010 to end of 2018. So the only things that I was learning were dysfunctional, toxic, just horrible behaviors and thought processes that you will find within our prison walls. I did not gain anything other than emotional intelligence and fluid intelligence by being in prison. Emotional intelligence is our ability to maneuver through the interactions we have with other people by being able to read them and navigate those situations accordingly and to leverage everything that we have in order to maintain that fluidity around us to protect us. And then fluid intelligence is what I learned from addiction. So that's taking abstract ideas and concepts to make a real tangible concept. So taking nothing and turning it into something as we have all done to feed our drug habits really taught me ways of thinking outside of the box. And so I believe that anybody who has been incarcerated and has been through addiction has a unique set of skills based on those life experiences that we can use to channel in everything we do in recovery. And college has given me that. So my passions are justice reform and addiction. College has given me a purpose and goals with actionable steps to turn this passion into a career with tangible end results, as well as the ability to leverage college and the network that if you attentively work to create, you can create towards justice reform, towards using my voice, using my college status and the actionable steps that I am taking in my life to contribute to change in a system that I don't believe in, in a system that I have literally deemed an evil greater than me at my worst addiction self. So my worst addict self pales in comparison to the evil of this system. So college has fed into multiple life experiences of mine and has given me direction. And this all stemmed from finding my spirituality. And then harm reduction, my medical marijuana card. Do you know how I sat down and wrote five-page papers for my English class? Do you know how I sat down in front of a computer screen and wrote a two-page report for my public affairs class? I smoked weed. And guess what? I have a 3.3 accumulative GPA. I haven't been in high school for 15 years. I'm not taking Adderall. I'm not taking Ritalin. I refuse to take these narcotic pharmaceuticals when I know that there are natural alternatives that will give you the same results with less detrimental consequences. But that's for me. I've heard people say, oh, I smoke weed, and then next thing I know, I'm doing a shot of heroin. Okay, cool, you know you, that's great. Well, I know me, and I've proven to me that this works, and that this is a tool to use to get to my best self and become who I want to be. And over the years, I have, I had a tug and pull with it, and I have now gotten to the point where I limit when I smoke marijuana. I literally do it in times when I need to unclog my overactive, overanalytical mind. I used it during my transformation 
during times when I couldn't handle things. And for me, having this soft, medium, middle, it made all the difference because I was never tempted to go use meth again. I was never tempted to go use heroin. And that's why at the beginning of this podcast, I emphasize the importance of finding your own equation for recovery. And that doesn't mean lying to yourself to have loopholes. That means that whatever your equation is, you are committing to investing in every piece of that equation to maximize the results that will exhibit itself in your lives. So between spirituality, my medical marijuana card, and college, I am now a student at the University of Utah. I did my first couple semesters at The Ohio State University. I am interning for a presidential institute, the Ronald Reagan Institute and Presidential Library in Washington, D.C., which stemmed from an opportunity that I received through college. I had to put in the legwork, of course, and I am organizing my first political event. I am sober, I am focused, and I take my life very seriously. And so I have proven that there are more than one ways to find recovery. The psychology behind haters is ugly one. People only hate on things that they can't do or that they don't understand. In a lot of cases, what you will find is people are jealous that what worked for you didn't work for them. And they reflect this by trying to bring other people down. And I have experienced this myself, but through education, which came from college, I'm more educated than most haters that I've ever experienced now. I specifically studied psychology sociology of religion, and some various other courses to help enlighten myself and understand the world around me and why people function the way they function, why some people are just negative. Well, I know why now. And this enlightenment and this education has equipped me with understanding that is a strong armor against negativity, jealousy, and all those other feelings and emotions that love its miserable, miserable company with. Devil seeks to work through each and every one of us through negative words, thoughts, intentions, but we have the power and we have the control to choose how we respond, how we react, what we say, and what we do. It's like Thumper said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you like what you hear and you would like to support this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or felonexperience.net.